Warning. By listening to the conversations on this podcast, you will begin to live the intrepid way. Life is short and moving fast. Only we can show you how to fully integrate a new business mindset coupled with a lifestyle design that will equip you with a new approach to overcoming and in fact thriving on the daily grind of life. And now, here is your host, Todd Schnick. Welcome back to the Intrepid Way podcast. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Going to be a really, really exciting and fun conversation today, but impactful nonetheless. This is a, a lady who I've, uh, I guess I was introduced to her several months ago, and uh, through some life trials and tribulations, uh, we got delayed in finally connecting, but here we are. It's going to be a great conversation. I think we're all going to get a lot of benefit out of what she has to say. Let's get to it. We're joined this morning by Neen James. She's an author. She's a consultant. She's a, a renowned speaker. Neen, welcome to the show. G'day. What a treat it is to serve your audience. And I'm so glad that the fabulous Stacey Hunky got the chance to connect us. It's because of her we get to chat today. Well, I'm glad you said that. So kudos to Stacey for making that connection. That's what I love about this world is that it's... Uh, the power of these connections. And I imagine there's a little bit of that story kind of wrapped into kind of the idea of this book of yours that we're going to talk about principally today, although I have a feeling we'll go off on a couple of tangents here and there. But the book we're going to talk about is the, the recent one called Attention Pays, How to Drive Profitability, Productivity, and Accountability. But Neen, before we dive into that and all of its subject matter, take a a quick second to remind the audience a bit about you and your background and the work that you're out there doing. Well, probably like a lot of your listeners, Todd, I had a very uh, diverse background. I grew up in corporate business in Australia, and I worked in retail banking, telecommunications, and the oil industry. And there's not a lot of chicks in oil. And then I set up my own entrepreneurial practice. So just like your listeners, I have a very diverse background. I am an attention expert, and I'm obsessed with getting the world to pay attention because I do believe that when we pay attention, Todd, that it improves our relationships, it improves business, and ultimately, I think we can have a greater impact on the planet. Examples of fabulous clients I get to work with are all over the globe, whether it's Comcast or Viacom, Paramount Pictures, maybe it's the health system and some of the big hospitals, or maybe it's some of the pharmaceutical clients, or maybe it's just a person who's running an amazingly small cleaning business in my local area in Doylestown. And I get often described as the energizer bunny for a meeting, but my batteries don't run out. And for your listeners, I know I sound like I'm five and I am significantly older than that. <laughs> but I think what's unique about me, Todd, is that I have this opportunity to be Australian and American. I became an American citizen, but I see the world very differently through both a global and a local lens. And having published books, including the one you mentioned, Attention Pays, See, I think what happens, Todd, is I wonder if your listeners ever feel these concerns. My clients tell me things like, you know, Neen, there's so much to do, I don't know where to focus first, or there's never enough hours in the day, or oh, my gosh, I want to get it all done, but I don't know how. And so I, I fix that, both as a keynote speaker, but also when I get to do work one-on-one -on -one with executives. And, you know, the reason I do this work, Todd, is because I just want the world to pay attention. I want us to have that greater accountability you mentioned. I want companies to make more money, but ultimately I want us to make sure we make the impact that we would really put on this planet to make. And that's why I love what you're doing with your podcast. 
Well, we haven't even really started the conversation yet. I already have a dozen different directions I want to take the conversation based on how you let off there. I, I guess, um, oh gosh, well, I'm, so, all right, let's start with this. So attention. Now, here's my worry. When someone sees the cover of your book without doing any other research, I worry that most people, and this is part of the problem I think you're trying to uncover, is that I think there's still far too many people that are trying to get attention versus paying attention. It's an entirely different dynamic. Can you kind of give us an overview of how you would define, when you talk about the word attention, what, what do you really mean by that? When you think about attention, I think the word has got a bad rap, Todd. I think social media has made it like, oh, she just wants attention. Look yeah. at her. Look at her. And I, I do believe that you can be very powerful in the way you get attention, but it needs to be in getting attention for your product, your service, your team, your charity, whatever it is. So it's not just about just getting the attention. It's also about keeping the attention, but doing it for a very different reason. So I, I do believe in being able to have strategies to get attention for your message, for your team, for your project, for your initiative. And as leaders, we need to be smart about the way we do that. But paying attention and the act of paying attention, you know, when you think about the definition of attention, it is notice or care taken of someone or something. And so when you think about these two things to get attention, it's not a bad thing. I just think we need to maybe tweak the way we think about it and the way we go about it. And to pay attention is very active. So if you think about getting attention as receiving, paying attention is very active. It's very much giving. And so for me, the way the book has been structured is making sure that as leaders, we have the tools we need, the strategies in place to be able to pay attention in three ways, personally, professionally, and globally. And I think we need all three, not just one. Well, this, so someone listening to this says, okay, Neen, well, I, I'm going to do a better job of paying attention. I think there's two problems with that, which I'm, I imagine the book dives into the details of how you go through these very, these very concerns. One is, what do I pay attention to? Part of the mm -hmm. problem in today's world is there's so much crap out there that, that is distracting that it's hard to understand what to pay attention to. And I imagine that journey is different for every single individual, which is also part of the challenge of this. The other issue is, boy, I don't even know how to ask the question. I mean, it's, it's, it, this, is, this is the beauty of this whole subject. So just address that first. I mean, so how sure. do you begin to focus? Part of how you would describe it is, you know, you have to unplug from this constant barrage of disruptions out there. So, but, but talk about how to guide someone to understand how and what to actually pay attention to. Well, if you think about it as our listeners, I touched on the fact that we pay attention in three ways. And all of the research I did, we narrowed it down to this, that personal attention is about who deserves your attention. That's about being thoughtful. Professional attention is about what deserves your attention, and that's about being productive. And global attention is about how you pay attention in the world, and that's about being responsible. So let's dive into what you're calling, what I'm going to say is professional attention, meaning what? What on earth do we do first? And one of the things we talk about in the book is that so many people that I interviewed, so many CEOs that I work with and leaders in teams of all kinds of different industries, and myself included, let's just be really clear, I am a work in progress like every one of your listeners. And what we realized is that people are suffering from three things. 
overwhelm, overstress, and overtired. And we call that the over trilogy. So it's exactly what you're talking about. And what I believe we need to do is if we look at just what, we have to be able to prioritize our priorities. Because the challenge is, Todd, that so many of your listeners would understand there are so many things that want your attention, need your attention, and sometimes are just a waste of your attention. And often we aren't super clear on what we need to do first. So one of the things I'd like to challenge your listeners to consider is maybe just every day, just start with applying 15 dedicated minutes to a scheduled appointment with yourself. And in that 15 minutes, I would encourage the listeners to think about what are your top three not negotiable activities. So before your head hits the pillow tonight, what are three things you absolutely must do that will move your project forward or your team forward or your business forward, regardless of the kind of business you run? I've been doing this for years and I've worked with some of the executives of the major corporations and they've told me this one strategy has been transformational in the way they personally choose to invest their attention, but it also drives team results. So if you're a listener who has team responsibilities, you might consider inviting your team to do the same thing. And the reason that it's so simple, Todd, is because I believe we can conquer the world in 15 minutes, but we need to pay attention to what are the highest priorities. So we start with this 15-minute appointment, preferably in the morning, that says, hey, what do I really need to achieve today? What's really going to advance what I'm working on so that I can be more accountable, that I can be more profitable and ultimately be more productive? I'm going to tell you, I imagine the research maybe not as extreme as the silly example I'm about to give, but I'm willing to bet 99 out of 100 people are not investing that 15 minutes a day. Is that fair? I mean, I, this is the easiest exercise. Fair. It's the easiest yeah. exercise to do. And it's really, it's really you're, you're talking about self-awareness in another way too here, kind of. Mm-hmm. But this is such an easy task and it makes such sense. We know this. We didn't necessarily need this book. It's just another hammer over the head to say, hey, be paying attention this way. But why are we so bad at that? Why do we not give ourselves that 15 minutes? I think because what happens is we give our attention away to whoever needs it and we don't always pay attention to what's really the priority. And so I think what I've had happen, Todd, is I've had audience members, because as you know, a large part of my business is keynote speaking at a corporate events. Right. I've had people stop me in the airport, at the train station. I remember in the supermarket once, an audience member came up and said, I still do my 15 minutes, I still do my 15 minutes. And what I'm not asking, I'm not asking listeners to do anything they're not capable of. I'm not asking you to stay up and early, uh, get up an hour earlier or go to bed an hour later. I'm not asking you to do any of that. All I'm simply asking you to do is invest 15 minutes to identify your priorities. I believe that the prioritization is a massive concern that so many people have right now. And so what I think is happening is because we don't always want to work on the most important activities, we get distracted, whether that's social media or replying to a text or watching a funny cat video on YouTube. What's happening is we are giving our time and attention away to anyone and anything without a clear plan. The challenge with time, Todd, is you and I both get 1,440 minutes in a day. And once they are spent, that's it. We never get them back. And so what I realized as my work evolved, I was more known in the work of productivity and I have another book called Folding Time and I've always been passionate about how do you get more done. But what I've realized is you can't manage time, but you can manage your attention 
It's a choice. Time's going to happen whether we like it or not. Time doesn't care how long you've been in the business, doesn't care what's printed on your business card. Time doesn't care because time's going to happen. But our attention, that is something we can control. And to your point about self-awareness, it's really vital that as leaders we stop and think, hey, am I really paying attention to who matters and what matters and how I'm paying attention in the world? Before we go to break, I want to clear, further clarify how you should spend these 15 minutes. Now, are you suggesting that you focus on two or three or identify two or three key business goals for the day? Or is there is your three goals for the day also include focus on, on your personal self, like exercise or eating well or being sure you get your right sleep? Or is that a separate conversation you need to have with yourself? Todd, I don't think there's a prescription, but let me tell you how I do it and maybe listeners can make adjustments. Depending on what you're working on in your life at any particular time, I think these are going to change. So for example, for me, and I used to do this in my corporate career and I've done it every day of my entrepreneurial journey, it really depends on what I'm working on. At the time of recording, it's the summer. And so in the summer, my travel schedule is much lighter than when it's in the spring and the fall, where I literally go from one plane, one convention center, one hotel to the next. And I love that. That's the lifestyle I've chosen. But in August this year, I've only got a few trips. And so what this time for me is, is about advancing projects. It's about finishing projects. It's about refining platforms in my business. So if you think about business as kind of platform or growth, sometimes you're working on growth activities where you're really focused on business development and selling. And sometimes you're focused on platform activities of tweaking your collaterals or rebuilding your website. So my three things during the month of August are generally going to be around a combination of potential business development for the next year for the kind of calendars and clients I serve, as well as projects that I've allowed to be on hold while I'm crazy and traveling. But for some people, and in some times in my life, it might be a very specific goal I'm working towards. So when I was training to run a marathon, which I know that sort of sounds like fancy pants, but understand Todd I'd never run in my life so I had never run before in my life and within I started running and ran a marathon within five months which is dumb I'm not suggesting anyone does this but on my three things I had to have certain mileage completed in order for me to get to the marathon finish line and so that was a very personal goal but what was great about running the marathon was it was a very mental goal so it showed me how I could be mentally strong it showed me I would take a particular concern or a client conversation or a blog I was trying to write I'd take it on a run with me and then by the time I got home I would have worked out what I needed to say or do and so I can't prescribe for your listeners what their three would be but I would imagine that many people listening to this have responsibilities in their life either for a team or a business or a project I'd start there But if you are also someone who has neglected your health and needs to pay attention to your health, it may be worthwhile putting something on there. For example, maybe you've been putting off that checkup that you know you've got to have, but you haven't done it yet. Maybe you need to go and get blood work. And in the back of your mind, you keep being reminded of this one activity. Let's get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper. Write it down. Todd, there's something very powerful about writing down the three things. The reason I'm prescribing that as the activity is because the brain craves completion, as you know. There's a really brilliant book by my friend called Activate Your Brain. Scott Halford is the author. He talks about the fact that when you write something down, your brain gets this little shot of dopamine, like, yay, high five from the brain. And 
so when you write something down and then you cross it off, the brain has the sense of completion. The reason I'm encouraging the listeners to just do three things is three is easy to remember, it's not overwhelming, and it feels so great when you cross them off at the end of the day. Yeah, well, count me as one of those people who I will have completed a task, but I still then write it down and cross it off. Just for oh, the, yeah, so I'm one of those people. do that. And Todd, I ask that question of audiences around the world. I, it doesn't matter what nationality they are, I often say, who would be willing to admit in public that they actually write things on a to-do list just so they can cross them off? And people, like, nervously giggle, put their hands up. I do it, too, because we crave completion. Yep, yep, no doubt about it. All right, so Neen and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. Today's special edition coverage is made possible by Envoy, helping you to build a world-ready workforce and alleviating the stress associated with navigating U.S. immigration, securing global work authorizations and business visas, and managing all of your international employees. Envoy combines expert legal representation with technology to provide the only enterprise platform that enables companies to effortlessly hire and manage their global workforce. To learn more, please visit EnvoyGlobal.com. That's EnvoyGlobal.com. All right, so we're back with Neen James. She's an author, consultant, and speaker. In uh, the book we're kind of circling the conversation around is her most recent. It's called Attention Pays, How to Drive Profitability, Productivity, and Accountability. So, gosh, again, I don't know how the heck to start this second segment of the show. Let me ask about the subtitle of this book. I ask a variant of this question on virtually all of my podcasts because I'm generally interviewing some sort of a business author or business public speaker. And so they've written a book about leadership or marketing or sales or team building or whatever the, the business theme is, innovation, those kinds of things. And if you were to go to Amazon and type in, oh, I want a book on profitability, productivity, and accountability. There's an awful lot of titles that would probably tell you something about one of those ideas. What's a bit different about the Neen James approach to these things? You know, I think that they're all connected, Todd. I think that the way that we show up in our professional life is often a reflection of our personal life. The way we show up in our personal life is often a reflection of how we look at the planet or the community in which we serve. It is my belief that one leader goes to work. You're not a different person at home than you are at work. Now, you may play different roles in your life. There may be people who need different levels of attention in your life, but it's the same person. And what I believe to be true is because attention is something that is a choice, the choice is coming from the individual. It's the individual leader that walks into the office and determines that they'll pay attention in their team meeting and to their one-on-one. -on -one. It's the individual who walks into their home and shares their life with someone and gives them their undivided attention instead of being on their device. It's the individual who goes into their church, their temple, their community, their charity in order to advance something that is important to them. And so I believe all these things are connected because at the core, it's still you as the individual leader having the responsibility, making those choices. I think it's the actions we take and the choices we make that really drive your attention. And so if you think about accountability as an example, I'm a huge advocate for accountability. And we all know this to be true. And we probably joke about the fact that 
you know, in January on the East Coast of America, it is not a fun place to get up early and go to the gym. It's just not fun. It's cold, it's dark, it's yuck. And yet we often start the year with these amazing health goals. But the moment that we tell a friend that we'll meet them at the gym, we are less likely to put the snooze on or we are less likely to bail on our friend because we don't want to let them down. Often we're good with external accountability, but not internal accountability. And so what I've done in my own life and with many of my clients is we build accountability into our everyday. I have an accountability partner. Every Monday, I send her my goals for the week. Every Friday or sometimes Saturday morning, if I miss my deadline, I will tell her how I did against those goals. Now, the act of declaring those goals to someone else and then reporting on those goals drives my behavior, makes sure I focus my attention and my energy and completion of those goals because I'd hate to report back to her that I didn't do what I said I was going to do because I think our personal integrity comes into play. In the same way, whenever I keynote with audiences, I always challenge them to have an accountability partner, someone they can declare that they're going to do something as a result of the keynote and the time we've shared together. And then I always encourage them to check in maybe 30, 60 days after my specific keynote with them. And the reason for this is when we declare to someone, this is what I'm telling you I'm going to pay attention to, we're also hearing it ourselves and we make ourselves more accountable. Once again, it's still the individual who has to get up in January on the East Coast in the cold and get themselves to that gym, but they're going to be more likely to do it if they know they're being held accountable for that particular thing. Well, I love this uh, this discussion around the difference between internal and external accountability. Now, most people will understand the concept of external accountability, but maybe they're a manager in their organization and their job is to hold people accountable to be sure they're doing their work and meeting their goals or holding themselves in, uh, accountable in a workplace to provide, be sure they're providing the tools and the empowerment in the space so that their team can do their work. But I think a lot of people don't pay enough attention to the internal accountability. Now, we talked about an exercise you can do in the top half of the show, that 15-minute exercise where you determine your three high-priority, really game-changing goals. If you can meet those each day, boy, you're going to be you're going to become successful and, and productive and, and, and you're going to be happy about that. But I, I still think it all goes back to the same conversation. We've talked about it in a number of different themes. We, we suck at holding ourselves accountable, right? Don't we? Don't we? I mean, if, if we can solve that one problem, that changes everything, right? Well, I think what it, it's so different for where people are on their journey, Todd. Let's just take, say, let's stay on this health theme, all right? So maybe you want to get fitter. So you've chosen to join a gym or you've hired a personal trainer or you've decided that you're going to do workout videos for free on YouTube. You still have to get yourself physically out of your nice warm bed and make yourself do that. But I really believe that we have to understand why we're doing it. Now, for sometimes it might be a vanity goal. In my case, I'm very motivated by vanity, meaning I am on stage, on camera most of my life. And so when you see yourself on the iMag, that's not very attractive sometimes. I'm just speaking for myself, obviously. And so sometimes it's a vanity goal or, hey, summer's coming and I'm going to have to be in different outfits, so I want to make sure I look strong and healthy. But for some people, it's not so much a vanity goal as it might be a health goal, meaning if you are a parent or you are a caretaker, you have to physically be fit and active and healthy enough to take care of the people that you love in your life. Therefore, your health is really important, not even if it's not for yourself, it's because you're caring for other people. So then you start to focus attention in that way. But every time you put food in your mouth, work out your body, make those choices about what you're going to do, those habits you're 
going to have. They are internal choices that you are making. And sometimes when you make those great choices, you have those phenomenal great brain chemistry that comes into play, which gives you that little shot of dopamine that says, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why people wear a Fitbit. Because when they get their 10,000 steps, their little Fitbit gives them a virtual high five. It's like, yeah, you, good job, you did it. And that might be enough to internally motivate them to get the next 10,000 steps. If we don't know why we're doing something, we're less likely. I've always believed as a leader that people will do the what if you explain to them what the why is. And so we need to also internally know why we're doing this, why are we paying attention to this, or why are we paying attention to social media rather than getting our job done? Why are we up late at night watching television instead of going to sleep and taking care of our body? Why is it that we don't pay attention in our conversations to the people we share our lives with and instead we're on our our phone and we're answering our email? We have to be able to answer the question why to be able to understand where our internal accountability is coming from and why our attention is being split. Talk about focus. Now, if you're familiar with your work through this book and through your, your speaking, and I'm speaking to the audience now, if you read between the lines, we've been talking about focus this whole conversation. But, but Neen, talk about focus from a point of view of how most people can improve their focus because like this morning, I was reading a book. I was I had a few minutes of some quiet time, so I was reading this book. But I was sitting at my desk, and my laptop was open next to me. And every time a freaking email popped, I stopped reading, shifted, and and dove into the email. Now that's not a life threatening experience, but I ought to be able to just give this book because I'm reading it for a reason. My pure attention and focus and and get something out of it. But yet we're so distracted by the shiny bells and whistles and all the pings and the dings that happen out there that distract us. Can you, this is an impossible question to ask on a short podcast, but a couple of pieces of advice to those listening about how they can begin to improve their focus. I think one of the things to consider is what's really distracting you. So let's start on the flip side of what you said. Often our distractions are sound distractions, meaning notifications, bells, whistles, text messages. One thing that listeners can do immediately is turn off the volume or turn off notifications on all aspects of life. My cell phone doesn't even ring. I literally have, and but I only give my cell phone number to certain people, right? So it's pretty much permanently on silent. I also have any notification, those silly little envelopes on your email, anything that can possibly distract you, I've turned it off. So one very easy strategy is to reduce the sound. The second thing you may want to consider is understanding those distraction points like email, social media, or phone conversations. So what I've done is I've installed what's called the Freedom app. And the Freedom app you can install on any of your devices, and you can block sites to ensure you are staying very focused. It's how I wrote my book. And so for me, I would much rather be on Facebook and looking at people's holiday vacation photos than actually writing a client proposal. That's just who I am. It doesn't make me a good person. I get that. But what I've had to do is I have to write client proposals. So using something like a site blocking or distraction management software can be very beneficial. That's how you use technology for good and not evil. 
One of the best lessons I ever had in this time was I was sitting in the kitchen of my next-door neighbor. She and I were simply just trying to have a cup of coffee. And she had a five-year-old. His name's Donovan. And he kept inserting himself into the conversation, as only children do. If you have little people in your life and you're listening to this, you know they always, always want your attention. They have so many questions. He kept asking me questions, and I thought I was answering them. He got so frustrated with me, Todd. He said, Neen, you're not listening to me. He jumped into my lap. He grabbed my face in his tiny little hands. He turned it towards him and he said, Neen, listen with your eyes. Mm. He was five. (laughs) I mean, schooled by a child, right? But it was such a powerful lesson for me because what it made me realize is it's not just about listening. It's about looking. It's about not just listening with our ears. It's about listening with our eyes, listening with our heart, listening with our soul. And when I was challenged by him, and I've challenged audiences all over the world with this very same task, how can you listen with your eyes more? If you're in a conversation, can you put away your devices and distractions? If you are going to be driving somewhere, can you put away those distractions and eliminate them? Todd, I don't know if you know this, but nine people die every day because of distracted driving. Mm-hmm. That's just horrifying to me. Like people are literally dying because it's more important for someone to update their Facebook status or return a text message than it is to pay attention to the road. Focus has consequences. When we don't focus, it costs us money, it costs us time, and ultimately, and not to be dramatic, it can literally cost people their life. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, no. And that line from the child is is brilliant. I'll be I'll be thinking and pondering that uh, long after our conversation wraps. But yes, there are certainly tactical moves one can make, and Lord knows I could benefit from shutting off some of these sounds and these visual reminders that that are designed for one reason to, to distract you and bring your attention to them. So that's one thing we can do. But you said earlier that attention is a choice. And Mm -hmm. a focus is a skill, is a muscle that you can grow and develop. And it's a discipline. And most people Mm -hmm. don't like discipline, right? So you can (laughs) take steps, though, to just be able to have the mental strength to say, all right, hey, Todd, don't close the laptop so you can enjoy and learn something in this book. Why, you know? But, but be strong. Because then I'm sitting there and I, and I get antsy thinking, what am I missing? What am I missing? Is, is a client yeah. missing? So, yeah. I mean, this is that's a, a... That's a true fear and it's a true addiction. You know, Stacey Hunky, who you've had on the show, wrote a beautiful book called Influence Redefined. One of the things I love about what Stacey's work is and who she is as a human being and the way she shows up in the world, she has a saying that it's Monday to Monday. It's not like in her world, she focuses on your influence skills and communication. She said, it's not like you're just influential like Monday to Friday. If you really want to choose this, you choose to be influential Monday to Monday. It's the discipline you're talking about, Todd. And I think what happens is often we do feel like, oh my gosh, I'm missing out. Or how come I didn't get invited to that party on social media? Or how come I wasn't copied on that email? Or, oh my gosh, my client's emailing me. I better email them right back. Well, I want to question that a little bit because I wonder, and there's an element of customer service that you obviously have to deliver, but do your clients want to know you're just sitting at the office waiting for their email to respond or do they want to know you're out there working and doing what you're brilliant at? And I think what happens sometimes is we drop everything for everyone and yet we don't advance what we're really being measured on. That also speaks to this idea. I I loved how you have this framework of the personal, the professional, and the global, the who, the what, and the how I think 
you know, in terms of who to pay attention to, yeah, there's there's individuals that you ought to be paying attention to, but you need to be paying attention to yourself first, right? I mean, isn't, isn't that... Exactly, exactly. And we, we, we unpack this a little bit in the book. I think there's the balance, Todd, and you opened up with this whole concept. There is the balance between paying attention to ourself, but not saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, right? So it's paying attention to the way we show up in the world, the way we take care of ourselves, the way that we prioritize things. And I think that what's happened often is because of the fact that everyone carries a camera in their pocket now and we have a supercomputer in our pocket. So let's take, for example, someone says, oh, gosh, I wonder what the weather's going to be tomorrow. Someone in the group pulls out their phone and pulls up the weather app and then tells us. Well, maybe that's not what we were asking about. We were just making conversation. And I think what's happened is we are so constantly outward, we're not looking inward to the point of internal versus external accountability. And what we're doing is we're living these lives on the outside with everyone else's expectation, but often forgetting that we are responsible for how we show up in the world. It starts with us. When we wake up in the morning, we get a choice about what time we wake up and how we wake up and what we do when we wake up. And when we go to sleep at night, just those moments before we fall into sleep, we start to question, what did I do today? How did I show up today? How could I have made today better? What's tomorrow going to bring? We are the only one who is accountable for that. It all starts with paying attention to ourself and our mental game and our physical game, our spiritual game, our financial game. There are so many things that impact the way we show up in the world. Do people understand the power that they have? <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I often don't think they do. I don't think they realize what power, what skills, what, what decisions they can make right now that changes everything. Why, why do we feel so powerless in that front? I was talking to my personal trainer. Um, Her name's Jennifer Jacobs. She's a brilliant personal trainer. She's one of the instructors of Peloton. It's a basically a bike that goes nowhere. It's a brilliant brand. Yeah, I love it. I'm obsessed with my Peloton for anyone listening. Anyway, I hired uh, JJ, I'll call her for short, and we do everything through FaceTime. And I was really struggling with a particular exercise. And I am very little, but I am very determined. And I could not. And it's basically I'm trying to learn how to do a pull-up for our listeners, which I know I sound like I'm five. I do not weigh five. Um, (laughs) And so it's a lot. It's a lot for my body to actually pull. But I see these people do pull-ups, and I think to myself, that's a level of strength that I aspire to. So I was trying to hang and I was trying to hold a hang for 10 seconds and I kept stopping at nine. I kept stopping at nine. And she said to me, Neen, you can or you can't, you choose. And I just thought to myself, are you kidding me? Like besides the fact I may have cursed her, I (laughs) thought to myself that's such a powerful thing to say to me because she said to me, you're giving up before you're giving yourself a chance to get to 10. You're thinking it's harder than it is. And then within moments, I was able to count to 15. It was that, and I wrote it down, you can or you can't, you choose. It's such a choice we make. The power is absolutely ours. But sometimes we doubt ourselves. Sometimes our confidence gets shaken because of something we've seen or heard or experienced. And that's where our attention is so vital, right? We choose what we look at on our social media feeds. We choose who we listen to in our life. We choose what we expose our brain to by the things we read, the TED Talks we watch, the podcasts we listen to, the TV shows that we watch, the newspapers we read, the trade journals. We're constantly invading our attention with all of these tools. We have to be very deliberate in what we allow into our brain to make those choices. 
So the subtitle of the book, again, is How to Drive Profitability, Productivity, and Accountability. We haven't talked about profitability. So what do you say to... Let me give you one example. So there's this old school, traditional business guy. He's crusty, he's cranky, he's cynical about things. And he says to Neen, you're telling me to listen to with my eyes and my heart and my soul. How in the hell is that going to actually have an impact on my profitability? Talk about that a little bit. Let's say that your old cynical guy is in sales. If that were true and he was listening to a conversation with his client, he would be listening not just for their responses to the product or service he's offering them. If he's really good as a salesperson, if he's really listening without his eyes, he's also listening for additional products and services he can offer that client. Therefore, the add-on sale is increased. When one of my media advertising sales clients applied this listen with your eyes concept, they noticed a massive increase in their add-on sale. So people were buying more spots for production in media. So the way to think about it is when you're paying attention, you're not just listening for what the client's telling you, you're being able to read between the lines. You're listening for what is not also being said. When you think about this old cynical business guy you said that's sitting there, maybe he's not in sales, maybe he's in leadership. If he is in leadership, one of the things that he would be looking for is, is he really making sure that his team is working on the most important projects that are going to advance the business and contribute to the bottom line? Does everyone in their team understand how their KPIs, their key performance indicators, are directly benefiting the, the bottom line? And is he listening to suggestions they might have of how to improve things? Or is he just doing something the way he's always done it and not paying attention to being relevant and current? Maybe the put the old business guy that's sitting there and really cynical um maybe he's maybe he's an entrepreneur and he is responsible for how his company is going to show up in the world a really great entrepreneur one of the challenges that they face is they have so many great ideas but they don't always execute them so his ideation and idea productivity might be through the roof but if he's not really listening to what his customers want then maybe he's not designing solutions that are most beneficial because entrepreneurs as you and I both know Todd we are fantastic at creating things that people don't need because we have all these amazing ideas, right? I believe no matter how cynical you are, I can guarantee you that if you can start to think about what are you focusing on? What is your team focusing on? What are your customers focusing on? It changes the lens at which you see your ability to not just make money, but to make more money, to be able to drive revenue in different ways, to explore new revenue streams, to create new profit centers, to be able to increase the add-on sale. There are so many ways my clients have had success in using this because they've started to be able to listen more intently pay closer attention. They've also been able to prevent things from happening. Sometimes if your clients are not happy with you, they just leave. But if you're listening to what they're really saying, you can get ahead of that and you might be able to find an alternative product or service to be able to keep them with you. When I was young in banking, one of my first jobs, we understood that if a client had five accounts with us, it was harder for them to leave. We also knew that every time we had to attract a new customer, it was going to cost us an average of $50. It made more sense sense in my little brain back then to keep the existing clients and just sell them more products. And so what I was really good at was asking my clients, hey, do you need to save for your kids' education? Have you thought about insurances for your home? I was really good at understanding in my conversations with them simply by listening that our bank could help them with things that they hadn't even thought about before. But it was only because I listened could I listen for the add-on sale. 
And here's the true magic of this approach that you just talked about in terms of, especially in terms of thinking about how to increase profitability is approaching your work and approaching sales through the example you shared that way makes the work fun makes the work yes. rewarding and it's not yes. it's not it's not this drudge that you have to go through you dread and you hit snooze in the morning because you don't want to go to work but when you're when you're approaching work that way then then it's rewarding and you and you get into it and then then it just becomes it continues to multiply right yeah and i you know i had a boss very early in my career say to me he said you know one of the things that i hear you say all the time is that you're constantly standing in service of your clients and i still believe that to this day i believe i stand in service of my clients if i stand in service of my clients i'm constantly looking for ways to additionally help them to stand in service to truly think how can i serve this executive i'm working with one-on-one how can i serve this audience that i'm speaking to today because it's not really about me it's about what solutions can i provide that are customized for this person Person at this moment in time, then it doesn't feel like the hustle. Then it doesn't feel like drudgery. I used, I treat it as a game. You know, every time I get to work with a new client, I'm so excited about exploring the client, understanding the client, customizing everything for the client. And when I can stand in front of that C-suite and all their their executives and all of their team use their language, their acronyms, their examples from their industry about their competitors, they love it because yeah. I paid attention. Yeah. Yep. I don't think anything else need be said. Uh, and uh, I'm looking at my notes, Neen, and I still have hours worth of material to discuss with you. Unfortunately, we're about out of time. Uh, before I do let you go, however, uh, should anyone want to connect with you for any reason to learn more about your work and most importantly, get their hands on a copy of some of your books, where do they go? Well, lucky for me and your listeners, there's only one Neen James online, N-E-E-N-J-A-M-E-S.com. So Neen James, you can find me on Twitter. If you really want to see my adventures, you can follow me on Instagram. And if you'd like to get a copy of the book, you can definitely get that wherever your favorite books are sold. And if you want to find out more about how I can help you, please go to NeenJames.com. There's hundreds of articles you can download there for free. Neen James, author, consultant, and speaker, and author of the recent book, Attention Pays, How to Drive Profitability, Productivity, and Accountability. Neen, it was indeed a pleasure to spend a few minutes with you. Thanks so much for stopping by and joining us. It was my privilege. Thank you for all you do in the world. It was fun to serve your listeners. Uh, Thank you, Neen. All right, it's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Neen James, I am Tosh Nick. We'll see you soon on the Intrepid Way podcast. Thank you for paying attention to today's conversation. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and most podcast apps by searching for The Intrepid Way. And to support our work, we would certainly appreciate a rating and review. To learn more, check out toddschnick.com. That's T-O-D-D-S-C-H-N-I-C-K dot com. We'll see you next time.